Hello there. I'm Jim Harrington, and I am Bill Knight. How are you today, sir? Uh, not too bad. I, I think I have a little bit of a spring upper respiratory thing, but I'm hanging in there. How about you? You sound good. I'm fine. I, I've been going through anxiety attacks and panic attacks, which is actually not normal for me, but... Really? You know, yeah, you know. You think it where, maybe is the uh, the things that are happening in the world and the things they're uh, talking the, about? Yeah, you know, the Biden stuff. Yeah, you know, because we got an idiot in the White House who doesn't realize he he's an idiot. He thinks everyone else is. Yeah. He's a great guy. I tell you what, I'm really glad we voted for him in masses. I really am. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, I got to play something for you, and I want you to name the singer. Okay. Jeez. Okay. All right. Now, it, it, it's a three minute song. So you have coffee, right? You can sit back. I want to play the whole thing because it's hot tea. Okay. Well, enjoy your hot tea and hot we'll tea. be back. Here he is. All right. Imagine that. No heaven It's easy if you try No heaven below us Above us only sky Imagine all the people Someday you'll join us 
good, huh? Pretty good. It's pretty good. Who was that? Who do you think? Well, it's not John Lennon. No, it isn't John Lennon. It's Volodymyr Zelensky. I was thinking about him, but you know. And he's playing the of, piano, too. A lot of and people he's... love that song. I remember when it came out. Oh, I me remember, too. I remember my friends. I remember what I was doing at that point in my life. And some mm -hmm. one of my good friends uh, who sat there and said, oh, this is a great song, who went on to become a preacher, that friend of mine. And because we both, now you're going to, you're going to be shocked on this, but we both actually went and did a college tour of Multnomah School of the Bible. Mm -hmm. You're looking at me going, uh-huh. Hey, look, you know, I hung out, I grew up in Fresno, California. I hung out with Barry McGuire, the Eve Destruction guy, who really, if you go back and look, he sang California Dreamin'. And if you listen to the song, you know, you find some religious overtones in that. That song, when I first heard it, I said, boy, that's great. And then I started thinking yeah. about it, going, what if there, what if there was no heaven? No, oh, it's a depressing song. There's nothing to live for. Yeah. It's a what depressing if there's this? song. What if there's that? Well, let's just say, what if there was a new world order? There's only one, you know, because basically it's an anthem for what is trying to happen today, just in a nice sugar-coated spoon i think that you hit the nail on the head yeah you really did because that song i i when it first came out i loved it i thought boy he he did such a great job with that song because i didn't pay attention to the lyrics imagine no possessions it's easy if you try imagine no heaven it was a depressing song here's a guy who's a multi-multi-millionaire who had a psychedelic rolls royce john lennon right and right. He's, he's talking about, imagine no possessions, easy if you try. I mean, he lived at the Dakota in New York, a very exclusive uh, apartment building in New York. But the people that he was singing to, the everyday Joe that works for a job, the person, the poor black child growing up in the slums with nothing. Yeah, it is easy to imagine having nothing because you got nothing. And that would even the playing field in your mind, but it's not what you want. Fortunately, most of the kids, like I just mentioned, were brought up on good family values and they were, they were, you know, centered in a religious belief. You may not believe in God, but you know what? Most of the people that I know that don't believe in God, they believe there is a higher power, a higher being. Yeah. And when you strip that down, well, you believe in god you just haven't admitted it you how many know, the, atheists do you know who don't believe in god until the very end of their lives and then and they then start to believe in god even guys like charles darwin the darwin mm -hmm. theory of evolution he called himself an atheist for most of his life there are people to this day and i know people to this day who are darwinists who are atheists they believe in darwin as opposed to god but towards the end of darwin's life he kind of said he believed in God. Check it. Yeah. It's well, there's a, guy, there's a guy in Pittsburgh. There was a political think tank there. And uh, he always said he's an atheist, an atheist, an atheist. But he read the Bible. He read it not once, not twice, but I believe he told me 11 times. And he goes, you know what? I finally got it. 
Well, better late than never, right? Better yeah, late so. than never. You know, the thing about it is we, we kind of veered off track. What I wanted to say about this was, and yes, it's kind of strange that of all the songs that he could have sung, he sang that song, Imagine. Mm -hmm. But what I was impressed was with how, how good a voice he had and what a good musician he was. He was playing the piano all throughout how, that, that song. And how articulate he was. Well, one of the things yes. you got to realize, um, basically, the Beatles, when they got together, they couldn't play or read music. So they got a piano. Paul McCartney showed it one time. He goes, three fingers. You play a key, skip a key, play that key, skip a key, play. So that is what it, you got the little tripod and then you can do progressions. And that was how, and when you listen to their songs and even the structure of that one, it is a very simple technique that they picked up. They never, ever, ever learned to read music. They right. just learn how to improvise and play chords. Well, do you know who the genius was? The genius, and he never gets any credit, was George Martin, the producer. George right. Martin could read music, write music. He knew the progressions, the chords. He could take what they were trying to do and massage it a bit and, and give them what they wanted and tell them how to do it. He was the perfect guy to be their producer. Well, music is a powerful tool. We've proven that. We're off track. Yes. When you played that song, it brought back a memory. I didn't know you were going to play that song. <clears throat> I went back in time and, you know, I just, that is the memory of that song, you know, so. I just thought it was interesting that uh, it was the leader of the Ukraine singing that song and he did a great job. And I also think it was interesting that he picked that song to sing, which does kind of tie into the new world order when you think about it imagine it is no the new world order yeah it's no god it's like come on what are we talking about here you know and you know his english was very good in that song yeah very good better than what he does in uh, news interviews but hey, you're singing a song you have you have time to go over it and learn it but still i'm just saying yeah, you know it's interesting show. he spoke over the weekend to the russians and he spoke to them in perfect russian he speaks, I, be, I believe he speaks French and Polish. The guy is a linguist. I mean, the guy's mm -hmm. a smart, he's a smart young man. Uh, I, I hope that he is what he purports to be, but only time will tell, I guess. We had some, uh, some gaffe from uh, our dear leader uh, while he was in <laughs> Poland. <laughs> yes, you, we did. You probably heard about this. Yeah. He stood up in front of everybody and First, he stood in front of the 82nd Airborne on Friday. And he gave them, trying to give them a pep talk. And these poor guys looked like they would rather be anywhere but in that room. Now, if you remember when Donald Trump went in to meet the Army, they cheered him. They surrounded him. He shook hands. They slapped him five. When Joe Biden went into the room, it was a little bit more subdued. And here's the pep talk that he said. See if you can pick up where he messed up. Ukrainian people have a lot of backbone. They have a lot of guts, and I'm sure you're observing it. And I don't mean just the military, which is we've been trained in since back when they, uh, Russia moved into uh, in, in the southeast, southeast um, Ukraine. But also the average citizen. Look at how they're stepping up. Look at how they're stepping up. 
And you're going to see when you're there, and some of you have been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people standing, standing in the middle of the front of a damn tank, just saying, I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground. They're incredible. But they take a lot of inspiration from us. He sounded like he was lost in the lobby of an assisted living center. <laughs> no, I'm what, sorry. What was that word he used? Hyperbolus? Hyperbolus. And he also, yeah, he also, he also said to the 82nd Airboard, he's in Poland, and he says, when you're there, in, meaning when you're in the Ukraine, you'll see. That was the gap he made. Don't you think the Russians picked up on that? The White House has been cleaning up that speech, and not just that gap, over the whole weekend. Now, the funny thing is, I was out of pocket this weekend. I didn't pay attention to the news, but I came back, and I'm going, what a blundering idiot. And to sit there and say it was less than overwhelming, oh, geez, you know, I have a line for it, but not one that would pass the censors. So we'll just say <laughs> it was a dud. The thing that he really said that was a gap was when he spoke in the square toward the end of his stay in Poland, it set off a firestorm. It was a short, little, eight-second comment. Listen. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. God bless you all. That was it. Number one, you know, he's echoing what people are saying about him. This man can't <laughs> remain in power. We heard it all last year. We've heard it echo for the new year and into this year. This idiot has got to go. This man can't remain in power. And if you really look, let's just go back to uh, imagine if you really look at this man, his actions, what he believes, and what he has done, it is totally sacrilegious for him to say, God bless us all. Mm. He has no God. He doesn't worship God. He in calls my opinion. a devout Catholic, and being a Catholic, he can't be. He can't yeah, be. He he's he's anything but. There are things in Catholicism that are tenets of the faith. One of them being pro-life. And Joe Biden, no matter what your thoughts are on on abortion, there are certain rules to this faith that he claims that he's a part of. And one of those rules is the belief in sanctity of life. The guy's been a part of the pro-choice movement since, since the beginning. And he right. claims to be a devout Catholic and, I, and a devout Christian. I just don't see where he can say that. Yeah. Well, you know, I shouldn't, shouldn't accuse anybody on faith because people could sure as heck go and look at me in my life and go, well, you did, you did this, but you did that too. It's like, okay, you know, there you go. But. There are certain fundamental beliefs, as you say, that uh, that go uh, with your walk of faith, whatever your walk of faith is. Right. It's starting to sound like a, a radio evangelist here, <laughs> but uh, the point is, is he's he's putting on a show. He's always put on a show, but I can't forgive the facts of what he has done, what he has said, because. Once you verbally put it out there, you can't take back words mm. and you really can't take back actions that you have done to you. You can apologize for them, but 
Yeah, there's certain things you can't. He said on Friday, or maybe it was Thursday, the problem we're having with fuel and the cost of fuel in this country is a good thing for us. How is it a good thing? It might be a chance for us to double down on alternative fuels. Let uh, Let me play the bit. This crisis also presents an opportunity. It's a catalyst, a catalyst that will drive the investments we need to double down on our clean energy goals and accelerate progress toward our net zero emissions future. That's what the second part of this initiative is all about. The United States and the European Union are going to work together to take concrete measures to reduce dependence on natural gas, period. Your thoughts? (laughs) I saw you shaking your head. The gas demic is because of him and him alone. Right. There is a reserve sitting out off the coast of California that we can live on during our lifetime and our children's lifetime, which gives us the time to sit there and get a new form of energy. This battery lithium thing is just as harmful, if not more pollutant and dangerous than what we have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing a lot of things that we think are doing in the best interest of the planet, and we are killing the planet. You're right. We kid ourselves when we think that wind and electric are the answer. First of all, wind is not powerful enough. It just does. It's not reliable enough. You just can't count on getting your energy needs filled by wind. Electric, it has batteries. Batteries are great, but the fact is the batteries by themselves is a problem. You got to get rid of them. What do you do with them? You can't. Well, lithium, you you throw them in water or they get wet, boom, you got a bomb yeah. right there. You know, maybe wind is the solution, though, now that I think about it, because if you took all the wind and hot air from the left and harnessed that. President Trump had a huge rally in, uh, in Commerce, Georgia. Georgia, on Saturday night. I mean, it was huge. I heard some people say it was his biggest rally ever. Now, here it is, uh, March 20. Uh, six that he had it, I think. Was am I right? It was March twenty sixth. I believe so. Saturday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he had the largest rally in in his history. And I'm thinking, wait a second, he's not running for anything yet. He's not the president anymore. What's the appeal? I would venture to say that Joe Biden would have a problem getting a fraction of the amount of people into that same area if he were the speaker. But here's one of the things that he said. The truth is. I ran twice, I won twice, and I did much better the second time. And now, we just may have to do it again. great time it was a different donald trump though at this rally bill this was not the old the other, like trump. the other rallies and most of his rallies he's having fun he's laughing this one there was a bit more seriousness to him and a little bit of anger as a matter of fact he used a a couple of curse words that i've never heard him use before and i'm not going to play him and the crowd they didn't think anything of it. As a matter of fact, many of them 
kind of cheered him because they understood how he felt. But there was some anger to him. And he talked about a lot of different things. He talked about the war on the Ukraine. He talked about the uh, Supreme Court nominee. Listen. The left has become so extreme that we now have a justice being nominated to the Supreme Court who testified under oath that she could not say what a woman is. If she can't even say what a woman is, how on earth can she be trusted to say what the Constitution is? And a party that's unwilling to admit that men and women are biologically different in defiance of all scientific and human history is a party that should not be anywhere near the levers of power in the United States of America. Say what you want, but Judge Jackson was unbelievably disrespectful to Republican senators that in many cases were really nicely asking questions. She had total disdain and even hatred for them. And I understand that she's very proud of the fact that she never once voted to support President Trump on anything. She always voted against me, and she brags about it. I always voted against Trump. How about that? Is that nice? She always voted against me. Maybe it's an incorrect story, but I have a feeling it may be correct. Interesting comment, though, about if she can't define what a woman is, mm -hmm. how is she supposed to interpret the Constitution? Well, she's going to interpret it to their agenda. And the fact that she purportedly never voted for anything Trump uh, to even admit that or say that, that's a rally cry for the built, built haters because Trump wasn't hated before he ran. He was hated from the get-go by Hillary and her goons. Let's go vilify this guy. Here's a bag of tricks and some lies about Russia. Let's go after him. You know, he's suing Hillary now. I don't know that he's going to win it, but he is suing her and her little... Uh, lackeys over the Russian collusion thing in the fake story. But the Soros-appointed judges will give her a walk in life on that. But uh, he was on uh, he was talking to one of your old uh, fellow uh, workers, uh, Glenn, Beck. Glenn Beck. Yeah. Yeah. They were talking about what you're saying. He was, they were talking about the suit. The president said to Glenn, it's a good time to be doing what you're doing, Glenn. Because you're going to see a lot of things happening very soon over the course of the next. And then you couldn't tell whether he said weeks or year. But he intimated that something major was going to happen soon. Well, the Democrats are worried that they're going to lose the Senate. Now, they have the Senate because of Kamala. It's basically evenly divided. She gets the swing vote. They are looking to lose at least 10 seats. Now, that's if the elections are fair. We know from this past election, I mean, Joe couldn't pull a crowd in a parking lot, let alone a restroom, but yet he could pull a crowd uh, at the polls. Uh, I, I challenge you to prove me wrong that the elections here are just as fair as they are in Uganda. NBC, which is not a big fan of President Trump, did a poll. They're not a big Republican network. There were 46% of registered voters who favored Republicans to control Congress after the midterms. Republicans have not held that edge since 2014. So apparently, it doesn't look terribly good for the uh, 
for the Democrats in November. One other thing happened at the rally. Matt Gates was saying a few words, and here's what he said. There is no greater country than America. There is no greater president than Donald J. Trump. And if you don't mind me saying so, there is not a better member of Congress than Marjorie Taylor Greene. Give us the ability to fire Nancy Pelosi, take back the majority, impeach Joe Biden, and I'm going to nominate Donald Trump for Speaker of the United States House of Representatives. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Well, that was interesting. Think about that for a second. I checked, and you don't have to be a member of the House of Representatives to be no. the Speaker of the House. It's not in the Constitution. That could be a backup plan, but I don't know. Uh, if he ran again today, he would win in a landslide. He won, I think, in a landslide the last time. Uh, they just didn't report it in the news, and they didn't show it in the tally. Uh, but they don't want to show uh, what really happened? That's just that's. Bill, but what he's fact. saying is that, yeah, he he would nominate him as the speaker, and of yeah. course, the next step would be to impeach the president the, and the vice president as a team. Right. And what would happen? Next in line would be the speaker of the House of Representatives. Yeah, who knows? Democrats have pulled out a lot of things, uh, a lot of chicanery and, and sleight of hand, and they're going to continue to do it. And a lot of it's been illegal. Uh, but they continue to do it, and they figure, hey, we're the guys in power. We're going to get away with it. You could never do that in, when Trump was president. If we did anything out of step, oh, they called it. There were so many things to talk about. I have a, almost a ream of paper in my hand of news stories, and we didn't mention Will Smith and Chris Rock at the Oscars, and that's actually kind of intentional. <laughs> yeah. You know, I will just say this. You know, I, I saw the footage, and Will laughed, and then I think he corrected himself when he saw his wife was upset. She has the alopecia. And by the way, she's a beautiful woman without the wig on. She has pretty features, and she doesn't need the hair. These are actors, folks. They make a living performing and, and pretending. So well, here's I'll leave it one, at that. One bit of proof for you. Uh Chris Rock did not file a police report. And you don't file a police report on something like that that has all the footage in the world to back you up unless it was pretend. Oh, and by the way, 25 minutes later, they gave the Best Actor Award to Will Smith. For I'll that performance. Yeah. <laughs> hey, folks, we've done it again. We have run out the clock. If you want to reach us, you can call us on our, on our hotline at It's Another Day. 833-583-6060, 833-583-6060. Or you can uh, email us. It's mail at itsanotherday.com. I kind of slurred that. I'll say it again. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Dental work. That's all there is to it. I was going to say hi to uh, Sean Stanley over in Jersey. He He's a, a new fan of the show. So, was he one of the crew members on your uh, shoot this past weekend? We, yeah, we can talk. We'll talk. We'll talk in Hollywood talk off, before. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. No, he, he's the guy with the microphone. So, yeah, he, he, was the, he was one of the gaffers. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, usually I'm the gaffer. You know, I gaffer. You gotta here, love I the gaffer. Hollywood terms. The terms are gaffer, grip, best boy. These are all terms for crew members uh, in Hollywood. Hey, you don't want to be called the best boy anymore. Hey, uh, <laughs> you, over there. Come on over here, boy. You're the best boy. We're done. Hey, buddy, have see a ya. great day. I'll see you tomorrow.